There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We have That's to follow true. up on the Sharon Stone thing. Okay. So you were talking about DC's upcoming movie, Blue Beetle. Yes. And that um, Sharon Stone has been swapped out and is being replaced by Susan Sarandon, who Lori says hasn't had a role in a while and needs Jeez. it. Maybe even a little more. <laughs> yeah. But here's what happened. Apparently, that talks for the role with Sharon Stone uh, fell through. And um, according to the rep, Sarandon's going to do it. But uh, play this, the very same role that Stone would have played under different circumstances. But any event. The so talks, the money, yeah. the money. See, and you, Sharon Stone never did confirm on any of her socials she had that role. Got it. She is, she does have a line of eyewear at LensCrafter, though. <laughs> she <laughs> was in discussions for a long time. Yeah, but you're right, was. never a confirmation. Never a confirmation. <laughs> she's got a good line of LensCrafter. Listen, yes. and she's got a banging body and a, and a happy life. Okay. okay. Happy life. This is an incredible story, okay? So yesterday afternoon, news broke that Thandwee Newton... No. No, that's how she pronounces her name. Thandwee. Thandwee. I think that's how you... Isn't it Tandy? Maybe, but I feel feel like she's going to the the pronunciation from wherever her people are, like using that pronunciation. Okay. Grant can figure it out, but I think (laughs) I'm right about that. We used to call her Tandy. Right. And then she told us a while ago... That it was the like she wanted the the way it's sure. pronounced wherever wherever okay. her people from. All right, from. all right, all right. Hey, anyway. Here we go. Let's give it a whirl. Let's hear it. Thandy Newton. Thandy Newton. Thandy. 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 T h a n d Newton. Yeah, but that that site might not be up on how thick. That's Thandy true. This is Google it. pronunciations, but yeah, yeah it, that that's how we we'll call that her Tandy Newton. Okay, we'll go with that. Just, just call her Tandy. Cool. But that she was leaving Magic Mike's Last Dance, the Ooh. third and final in the trilogy of Which the Which is being filmed right now. Being filmed on the set in Paddington Bears London, which I hope they're working on Paddington 3, you know, but mm-hmm. it's being filmed in London. And official statement released by Warner Brothers, the studio that's okay. bankrolling Magic Mike's Last Dance, said that Newton, quote made the difficult decision to step away to deal with family matters, okay? Cameras have been rolling for 11 days. Uh Uh-huh. This is drastic because, yes, life happens. There could be something. Maybe something's her mom. You know, there's something, whatever. But Warner Brothers has been... um, Messy as hell the last few years. They've just gone through another merger. Maybe someone dropped the ball. And anyway, 
Anyway, they're out millions. It seems weird and expensive. Well, then the sun this morning has a story. Now, normally the sun, I would give a side eye, but they're sourcing it to freelance crew, mm-hmm. which there would be, they would just say, hey, we need two more grips or whatever. And they even signed that they, mm-hmm. it's like how we found out about Tom Cruise in London oh, yeah, yelling yeah, yeah. The, the freelance crew said, that, here's what happened. They had a tense exchange Who's of they? words. Uh, Magic Mike himself, that would be Channum, Channing Tatum, and Bandy Newton. Okay. They had an intense exchange of words. Suddenly it escalated. Channing got in his car and drove off. People looked at each other and thought, wait, we're supposed to be filming. Right. Okay. And so. He is the star and producer of the movie, and he's so mad in this fight that he's having with his co-star that he gets in his car mid-shoot and just left. Like, how bad was this fight? Like, what? It was described as an unimaginably vicious, vicious fight that it went to astonishing levels. Um, that the fight reached. Fill in some blanks. Anonymous crew. What are they arguing about? Well, the argue was about the Oscars and the slaps. Okay, mm-hmm. was it about Zoe Kravitz's response to that? Because remember, Zoe made mention, and she got dragged for a couple of days. People were bringing up her romance when she was twenty five, and um, Will she, Smith. And, and basically, and Zoe Kravitz is dating Channing Tatum right now. Yes, so that's yes. just to connect the so, dots. Yeah, and she had said on Instagram that this is not appropriate anywhere. Yeah. Ever. And then people brought up all the receipts on when yeah. she was 25 and had a 16-year-old boyfriend by the name of um, Will Willow. Smith's son. No, yeah. the son. The son. Whatever his name is. Anyway, so we don't know what they got, but um, which what was it about the slap? Zoe's response to it. But it's 11 days of principal photography gone. Like, this is enormously expensively upset. Selma Hayek is replacing Tandy. It's... Now, all this redundant labor, they got to basically burn the film. Who knows what Selma's charging to come in at the last minute to save it. And they have to pay out her contract, probably. But this is such expensive mid-level stuff. Mm -hmm. Tandy's people are standing by that it's just a personal, it's a personal matter that she had to quit. But they're starting the movie over from scratch. You would do everything possible to shoot around someone's personal issues and um uh apparently dandy is number two on the set so that's who has the most appearances chanham is number one tandy um it's all over they fell out over the debacle at the oscars i was on the set i watched her i watched him they were in and out of the house where we were filming having this fight it was tense so tense and it escalated he disappeared He also said Dandy had behaved like a diva on the set before Mm -hmm. the argument. After the fight, he just said, I'm not working with her anymore. He's a producer. So she's off the movie. Steven Soderbergh, the director, tried to diffuse the situation. The source said he was trying to calm things down, but he's a very quiet man. Now, Warner Brothers is denying that this happened. And they said she quit for personal reasons. Um, she made the difficult decision. Um, freelance crew members said that already they've all lost thousands of dollars because, you know, they're not right. working they're right not now. They're not filming. And the shakeup came after a legion of horny middle-aged women stormed the set in an effort 
to get a glimpse of Chanum in his costume, which is just basically, Nothing. you know, his oiled up body. Yes. And um, she's her people are saying, no, it is personal family matters that that is true. And. um yeah, there's no way. They they had a fight. They had a fight had over a the slap. Yep. The slap has cursed a movie. Wow. Well, that's incredible. And I was thinking about how that event mm-hmm. affected every walk of life. Yeah. No one, everyone had an opinion. Yeah. You know, and it didn't matter if you were in the watch in an entertainment person or not it really it was as shocking as it is to watch amber and johnny depp be on court tv except that's going to be continual but it was such a shocking thing it was like something out of a movie and here it is a night about the movies but that's millions of dollars of course it is but apparently chanum as the executive producer he wanted he said she's gone whatever words were said wow okay now, let's go to the Cannes Film Festival. If anyone Festival. was there, call us. Call us, yeah. <laughs> if anyone is in the Paddington set, a.k.a. London. Magic Mike XXXL3, yeah. we'd like to hear, hear from, from you. you if you're away. <laughs> Please. Um, the 2022 Cannes Film Festival has been announced because that is coming up, Julia. We've I got... just want to know more about the details okay. of this one, but go well, ahead. Well, Top Gun Maverick is going to be shown. Yes. Elvis, the Baz Luhrmann biopic, yes. is going to be shown. There's going to be a documentary shown about Jerry Lee, Jerry Lewis by Ethan Cohen. Um, I really have noticed. That's one thing. You know, when we learn more, we did, you did vintage or I, did, I think yeah. you did it. Um, Jerry Lewis? Yeah. I just really don't really want to spend any time learning more about that man. Oh, I, I, I kind of, I wouldn't mind it. But really, Mick Jagger I, is already doing a Jerry Lewis or... Um, um, a Lewis film through his jagged films company, but yeah, yeah. Are you Jerry sure it's Lewis. not Jerry Lee Lewis that he's no, it's Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Lewis really? It's Jerry Lewis, and who knows? You know, it's going to. Where's the Dean Martin film? Words and all. Well, we got to be happy with Sammy Davis Jr. All right, fine. Okay, but horror is a big part of Cannes this year. There's like um, uh, four different horror movies, inclu- right? including Cronenberg's um, um, a David Cronenberg. Oh, his. He's got a book, and I think Kristen Stewart is in that one. Chris I think she Crimes is. of the Future. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's going to premiere, and there was a teaser, and she's got something pressed against her eye. And Cronenberg loves body humor. Remember there was one movie where it's raining? I don't even know what he, who he is. Stephen Crow. No, we don't watch horror movies. You're well, with- he's not just a horror. He's just a weird movie maker. I'm trying to think of his famous one that he shocked the world, and it's raining... Um, you know, fetuses from the sky. And he's just a real, you know, like people will boo and love this uh, movie. But, you know, Kristen Stewart is going back and forth in movies. And then she's she's uh, going to do a new movie uh, called Love Lies, which is a romantic thriller where she's going to play kind of she's going to play the protective lover of a female bodybuilder. I saw that he does weird movies. Very like, weird. Shivers, example, right? Yeah. yeah, a dangerous method. Crash. He was a part of that. Cosmopolitan with Robert Pattinson. Like what was one the of the Fly? The Fly. Oh. The remake of the Fly. Okay, that Video Drome. Remember that one? Video Drome in eighty one. Mm-hmm. Okay, old. the Fly. But what was his like? One of his first movies. I would say Shivers in seventy five. It looks like okay. right here is what they're saying. He's uh, just. 
He's just an odd duck. It'll be um, apparently this Crimes of the Future. Roger Freeman said it's um, going to be a tough sit for anyone watching the films. Um, I love that is like such a great thing. Instead of like this movie sucks, it's going to be a tough, tough sit. sit. He said uh, this will I, maybe have a cocktail or two before you get there because you could take a little nap. In, I you know? expect equal reports of boos and ovations from the quasset. Oh, I love it. Um, someone's calling from London right now to give us the report yeah, from Magic the, Mike XXL. Yeah, how about that? Like, and apparently Mark, the Mark Wahlberg movie with Mel Gibson called Father Stew, which we've seen a 101 Is it a or is it good? No, it's going to need prayers. Lots and lots of prayers. It's a weekend to do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one wants to see fat Mark Wahlberg and people don't like Mel Gibson anymore. No. You know, it's <laughs> Gibson is okay. a turnoff to 90% of the audience. Okay. Okay. So, Grant, was that someone from the UK calling in about the set? Uh, no, that was just uh, someone clarifying uh, Channing and Channum. Tating. Oh, we just yeah. call him Channum. I we call just, him Channum. We that's what I said. names because we've got too much to cover. That's what I said. Here. It's the first name and the middle, last, last name combined. So, yeah, that's Channum. all. We were just doing a little clarification. Thank that's you right. for doing that. Yeah. Right. Channing Tatum is hard to say really fast. It is. It's easier that you did Channum. Channum. All right. We got to go. It's time for the dirt alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Holly, sorry we were late getting to you. That we is just lost track of time. You know what? Sometimes it happens. Yes. Just like sometimes it snows in April. That's, That's right. It is one of those days. Uh, we're going to start today's Dirt Alert with the funeral of Gilbert Gottfried. Okay. Yeah, that happened today in New York City at the Riverside Memorial Chapel. And lots of his comedian friends came out to pay respects to the late Gilbert Gottfried, who passed away on Tuesday at the age of 67. His longtime friend, Jeff Ross, uh, you know, making the crowd laugh, which is exactly what Gilbert Gottfried's family wanted us to do to help celebrate his life. And uh, he gave some words. His wife also talked about them meeting. They met at a Grammys party. Yeah, didn't he drop food? Well, that was the thing. She she said that she dropped food because he was there at the tavern on the green. She was there to actually work. He was there because of the free food. And yes. so she made a joke saying some food fell off my plate and Gilbert picked it up and put it on his. Mm-hmm. And he did. Yeah, that's how they met. That's so funny and cute. Yeah. Oh, I bet it was like all the same comedians that were at Bob Saget's just a couple months ago. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, know, Gilbert Gottfried, you can see on social media how beloved he was by the comedy community. Yeah, Yeah, so I I feel like his funeral is probably equal parts tears and equal parts laughter Mm -hmm. there. So Prince Harry and Meghan Markle secretly visited the Queen and Prince Charles in Windsor. Now, this is... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. It's the first time that uh, Megan has been back in the U.K. in two years. Apparently, oh, I know. Yeah, they're saying that this was an olive branch meeting. 
after they did not show up at Prince Philip's memorial. Listen, they can they say, say whatever they want. They were saying <laughs> that, I mean, the tablet, they're not coming, they're snubbing, and, and they just, like, make up stories. My gosh. Of course they were always going to go there. So they went, they had a meeting with Grandma, with Dad, and this is on their way to the Netherlands where they're going to go to Prince Harry's Invictus Games. Those kick off on Saturday in The Hague in the Netherlands. And you know what? I'm glad they left the kids at home. Yeah, yeah. Little with mom, the mom, little with mom, grandma. Little mom and dad time. Mm-hmm. A little getaway. You got two young kids. And also, you know, good on here. You're doing the Invictus game still. Yeah. Let's catch up with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard defamation lawsuit court trial. Oh, Holly, it is yeah. compelling TV to watch. Oh, okay. Your review on the visuals on actually seeing it, this play It's just out. kind of fascinating. You can't believe that your eyes, that you're watching Johnny Depp and you can't believe what's being said and Amber's right there and the hundred people there every day who stand in line for their wristbands to sit there. Oh man. So what are your, what's your guys' read on the I mean, well, I, so far on on how they're behaving with each other in court. Well, she can't. He's got a very good poker face. Um, when he smiled at his right. friend yesterday, he made him laugh. When when they asked about Mr. Depp's language and referring to um, Amber Heard as a "see you next Tuesday," and he's like, "I call this see you next Tuesday." That's it's for, for term of affection. You know, between them, you know, very British, of course, too, which that is true, that word. People use that word very liberally in England. Mm -hmm. But um, she seems mad, but that's because so far a lot of the testimony has been not good. I have no idea what it's proving or anything, but she's had a mutually abusive relationship. And by her own admission, by the therapist, they both agreed, you know, that she slapped and I think uh, Johnny was drunk a lot, and they were just a terribly toxic couple. Yeah, that's the big headline coming from the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial today, is that their therapist that they saw together back in 2015 called their relationship, quote, mutual, mutual abuse. And that there was a possibility that Johnny Depp could have been, quote, triggered by the behavior of Amber Heard. So that is what they're saying today. Yeah. But I mean, really, twenty-one sessions with this woman—they both That's had to have agreed, yes, to that she be able to testify, right? Because people had different memories of what they said in therapy, and she took notes or had a recording going. Yeah, you know, and and the therapist appeared via a videotape yes. taken earlier this year, so during her deposition, so she wasn't in court. Yeah, same with the, the Amber's assistant of three years who testified this morning. Yeah. There's drama over at American Idol. Okay, oh, tell yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. So, Kennedy Anderson... The frontrunner of American Idol this season quit earlier this week because of personal reasons. Well, we're kind of learning what those personal reasons may be because she debuted an original song on TikTok shortly after quitting the show Mm -hmm. with the lyrics, quote, I need to find I need to find something better than what I had with no strings attached. She's talking about that American Idol contract. It's terrible for whoever wins it. Yeah, she also saying, don't I deserve that something with no strings attached? Mm -hmm. Then she told her TikTok followers, that's all you get. Now, hours after she released that little snippet of that song, she took the clip off of TikTok. 
But the message was received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, because Luke Bryan had called Kennedy Anderson one of the best people that he had ever heard on this oh, show. Dear. Yeah. Yeah. So she was the front runner. So clearly she was receiving some feedback. And then she was also receiving some other feedback from people who are not American Idol and perhaps telling her some things. Mm-hmm. That's what we think. And everyone can use the publicity on this one. Well, right. And, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of American Idol contracts, but it is kind of like a secret, but not a secret that when you win American Idol, it might not be the best thing for your career. Yeah, no, it's like it can be seven years. The money is terrible. Kelly Clarkson did well enough. She bought out her contract like within a year of doing it. But that's the rare person. Mm -hmm. And probably Carrie Underwood did, too. But it's apparently much more beneficial for everybody but the artist. Yeah. And finally, these Rihanna ASAP Rocky rumors that he's cheating, they're just rumors. Oh, are you sure? How do you know? Please. Because no one legitimate is covering the story. Yeah, okay. Thank you, you, Ollie. You're welcome. That that had us in hives today. Oh, don't worry about it. (laughs) All right, good. Thank you. We needed this theory so long ago. Okay. When it comes to a good... Because don't ever say or use the word give as it relates to money. A study has found that saying give actually hurts charitable donations. Wait, wait a minute. Is this, where we, mm-hmm. is this where we've failed in raising money for all these years? And <laughs> okay, this wait is a for minute. other people who... This is just key right f- now. Fundraising is coming back. Things are happening. Yes. Okay, so they, but they did a study, and this was interesting. It was published in, and I like this journal of consumer research. I get a lot of good little tidbits from that. But Ohio State University, uh, it, it sounds like it's just semantics, but researchers say it all comes down to control. The study authors say people feel like they are having more control over their charitable donation when someone tells them, they're actively spending their money on a good cause as opposed to giving their money away. The word give can have a more negative connotation than spend to people who you're trying to get, you know, fundraising dollars from. Doesn't that seem kind of weird? It seems counterintuitive to me. Yeah. Associate, the, the the associate professor of marketing at Ohio state said, Give highlights how you're being separated from your money, which is not appealing to people. But spending your money has a different connotation and implies that you're still part of the cash you're providing to the charity that you're choosing. It's like kind of like um, when I donated my blood, I was excited about the fact that I saved three lives Absolutely. that day today instead of just giving my blood and doing what you want. Like that to me was a powerful message to tell me so that I would go again. Like it, right. it's how you frame I, I, it, I, yeah. you know, and we did do that sometimes like with kids for bids for kids that $50 buys that, but you have to. So they said these, they wanted to do, how do people feel about giving money versus their time to various nonprofits. Okay. And over the course of the project, they had 4,700 people take place or do these different experiments. And overall, they found that people would rather give their time than their money 
because they have control over how someone else uses their time. It's not possible to separate ourselves from time. That the way you can part with money. So when you give your time, it's still part of you. You're living through it. And if you frame spend is twice as powerful as of a word than give. For example, they had one group of people, like a thousand people, look at a hypothetical COVID nineteen fundraiser. And imagine either giving or spending their time or money to help the healthcare workers in need of personal protective equipment. And what they, when charities asked them to spend, um, how many hours that would they commit? Incredibly, people asked for a financial donation that offered twice as much as the charities when asked to spend their money in comparison to donating time. So if you really want people to give time, You'll have an easier time getting that, but if you want people to donate, you, you ask spend, them to spend to spend their money, not give their money. Okay, it just seems so. Okay, we're gonna try Charity this. Should we're ask, gonna try this, yeah. and we're gonna. Charity see. should ask people to spend their money on them, not give it to them. Is what this professor uh, said. Okay, um, and. Um, Anyway, it would if nonprofit profits had more control over how donations are spent or made donors feel like they're spending their money rather than giving it, then they might feel the disconnect. But I think that's, you know, like I mean that Mackenzie Davis, you know, who's given shown the billionaires how to give away the yes. money, um, and she's given those donations with you spend it however you want it, and all these nonprofits have talked about how liberating and life-changing that is because so many times you have big donations have, on it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Anyway, so people uh, ask them to spend their money on don't use the word give. That is the theory. I like this. Who's going to remember this? I'm putting Brand. it in my tickler file for next October. <laughs> my tickler file. Yeah. I like That's it. It's a good one. It's okay. a good one. It's a good start to the next... Uh, yeah. Fundraiser. Julia, I've got good news for you and any other person out there who suffers from ADHD. You may, you may just actually have nothing more than a daydreaming mental disorder. <laughs> I'm was, having one right now. Yeah. So tell me about this it. This was published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology. Uh, people who daydream to such an extreme that it interferes with their ability to function in the real world. Um Say these patients are often diagnosed with ADHD, but really they might just have maladaptive daydreaming um, where people get into highly detailed, highly realistic daydreams and they can last for hours and they can keep people from paying attention. It's not a formal psychiatric uh, syndrome. I don't think this is me. No, 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 no. But just that, you know, just you can go ahead. I'm just having... Just having some fun. I'm just having a daydreaming mm-hmm. disorder right now, and that's why I can't pay any attention to I, you. I really, More studies need to I, be done. I kind of think it's a nice nice way of saying things. I'm just having a daydreaming disorder. Yeah. I'm so sorry that it's affecting your life. Yeah, they just said there's <laughs> there's a subgroup that gets lumped in with ADHD, and they're they're going to be doing more tests to see if they will be entering maladaptive daydreaming into mm-hmm. the... Uh, the journal of um whatever yeah national daydreamers are us no it would be the journal there's a journal of uh, psychiatric conditions or something like that the name is escaping me right now I, but that was pretty good yeah 
because I remember in that journal when they took out homosexuality because it was in that book as like, you know, uh, a disorder, a, a disorder. Yes, yes, there yes, is a book. Yes. OK, yes. now the drunken monkey theory. Have you guys ever heard of this? No, but tell me. It. Please tell me. It suggests that humans inherited a taste for booze from our monkey friends, our closest relative in the Did animal they, kingdom. They were sipping it first? They were. It may not be for everyone, but people love the taste of alcohol. Now, a new study says humans inherited the taste from booze from our primate ancestors years ago. Originally coined the drunken monkey hypothesis by the <clears throat> Berkeley University, the original theory suggests that monkeys discovered the smell of alcohol from ripe, fermenting, Grapes. nutritious fruit sure. that they would eat. Okay. And they liked the taste of it. And they would go crazy if the mangoes were had been ripened and maybe they were soft and they'd been sitting under something and you know they ate it and they're rolling around and laughing and I love how you pick the mango. The mango. As opposed to the star fruit. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the old the old kiwi yeah anyway we have an evolutionary taste for alcohol for alcohol because of the drunk monkeys this is good to know it is listen this is uh <laughs> where did i get this one from i forgot to write it down but yeah the drunken monkey theory uh that that's that's it's where real. the taste of booze yeah it came about, and then the next thing you know, people were fermenting potatoes, and it's kind of funny making yeah. moonshine out of mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it's made out of. Yeah, I don't know what moonshine corn, 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 maybe corn, all kinds of it. They use yeah. corn now. They use fruits. fruits. They use. I mean, it, it's it's grains. Gotten, yeah, grains. But like the big I thing, thought you said brains. No, grains. Grains. What? grains. They're starting to like ferment it with strawberries and peaches yeah. and all these things oh, to give it everything. Everything. Is like that. Yeah. So. I mean, the liquor store, the vodka roll is so like the one. animal world has been, you know, but, but, the, but the drunken monkeys because they don't know when it. to stop eating. If they have that many rotten bananas right there and they're all so good. <laughs> they get the drunk munchies. They get the drunk and they're just tumbling and playing and nobody is having to do the nitpicking of bugs out of their hair. They're relaxing. <laughs> You're hysterical right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know how they do that? They pick out yeah, of each they, other's hair. Oh, the yeah. bugs. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. They take, they take time off from that and they just have fun. <laughs> Eat a couple bananas. bananas. Yeah. Get a little buzzed up. Here we go. All right. That is what we know that for That was very informative. The All drunken right. monkey. Oh, yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Um, but let me tell you right, about tell your dateline, your Pam, because you've been obsessed with this show, only six episodes, but week to week on NBC. I'm going to watch the finale tonight. Okay. Well, Panda wants Something you to know. Something about Pam with Renee Zellweger. Yes. They're doing a special on Pam. Which is the thing about Pam is the show you're watching yes. tomorrow night. The last episode shows clips of the real Pam Hup. And wow, Renee nailed her. Well, Dateline is the reason the whole case blew up. So, of yeah. course, they're going to follow up on it. I'm telling people, if you want... I'm not a true crime gal as much as you kind of are, I guess. Um, and this show... But you would like to dear dirty yeah, John did. and you I know did. it's Renee Zellweger for crying out loud. I love Renee. It's Bridget Jones. Yes, yes. So I all right, so I like so knowing that DVR thank you. are that for tomorrow night. Um tonight, Lori, because you said you finished listening to the Molly Shannon um interview with interview. Howard. 
And she talked about today, there's a story about how she was once sexually harassed by Gary Coleman. Well, he chased her. It was hysterical. She was on Stern for like two hours. So okay. I w- yeah. listened to the interview like over two days. Um, he just, he just. They had the same agent. Yes. And, and, and she, he chased her around and was trying. And of course, he was like four foot six. He thought he could put his hands up her top as, you know, kind of a joke. He started tickling her. Yeah, Invited her to her penthouse, said, Mm -hmm. sit here on the bed. Yeah. She's brand new. Right, and I think she might have still been a virgin or something. She was was a a late-in-life girl to to wanting to have sex with anybody. He was bouncing on the bed, (laughs) trying to kiss her, get on top of her. Every time she threw him off, he got back on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did you say bouncing on the bed? You can just see him jump. I know. I'm sorry. And she was... Starting to get a little tired of the activity. <laughs> yes. She got off the bed. Gary grabbed her leg. She had to kick him off her mm-hmm. leg, and she finally got away and locked herself in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, this is the part that... Yeah, I know. She, she's <laughs> no, so funny. No, this part is funny because then she says that she's in the bathroom. Gary Coleman sticks his hand underneath <laughs> the, the door, door. <laughs> and waves to her and said, I can see you, you... silly Billy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> She was very funny about telling that story. All the story, you know, painful stuff and funny stuff. She was a great guest, and I forgot, you guys, okay? We loved to hate her when she was the mom who crashed the honeymoon on the White Lotus. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Good call. Right? Yeah. She she shows up in stuff. That mom was so annoying. So annoying. And she played her to perfection. Perfection. Everybody in that show was pretty much to perfection. Yeah, they were. And she told Howard that White Lotus, the second season with a new cast, maybe Jennifer Coolidge is in it, is being filmed in Italy. Oh. So we're going to go to Italy. Oh, how fun. With that next one. Well, she's going to be on Watch What Happens Live tonight with Andy Cohen. Oh, good. Yeah, with Craig Robinson, whoever that is. You know, the uh, actor. Oh, well, let me actor. Think. If you saw him, you would recognize him. We would recognize him. him. Yeah, you would know who he is. And then um, oh, the one-hour special superstar with Patrick Racy. Uh, Patrick Racy. Patrick <laughs> Swayze. Patrick Swayze. I think Racy would love to be known know. that he was just called Patrick. Patrick. Well, he is That's legend. Slap. Both of them are, yeah. He is legend. Both and of them. I know, and I think this just deserves to be repeated. We talked about it randoms because uh, the avian oh, yeah. flu is happening right now. And according to the University of Minnesota, they are recommending that people pause what brings birds together in groups, and that's a bird feeder. And you, for the next couple of months until the avian flu passes through, it is you're at high risk. There's so many known things about the role that um, the avian flu has in songbirds. Blue jays are among the bird species that have been infected. Get rid of your bird feeders. You're spreading the infections. Is it the University of Minnesota Raptor, Raptor, Center? Raptor Center? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Really? The I mean, Raptor Center at the University of Minnesota is now recommending that people pause bird feeders. Take them down. That's the CDC it's, for birds, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, yeah, the Raptor Center, if you ever have like a bro, a, an eagle or anything that. A bird that really is. You bring them to the Raptor Center, and they will take care of them. And I mean, I, I've always taken their word for what what I should do when it comes to birds. Absolutely. The and Raptor they Center. said earlier they just said this was a precaution; it wasn't necessary. But they've changed their mind because they've seen unprecedented outbreaks involving raptures in the bird flu situation as it continues to evolve. And take down your bird feeders. 
They are, as Lori said, the buffet line in a cruise ship and sped, spread disease. That's right, Julia. So take them down. Oh, my. And if you want more information, go. The Star Tribune had an article on it this afternoon. I mean, there's bird feeders all over in Everywhere. my neighborhood. Everywhere. Oh, jeez. All right. Other things that are happening. And I would really hate to see anything happen. We get a lot of cardinals oh, at our you, house. I get yeah. a lot of blue jays and... Um, a lot of blue jays. I get a cardinal every once in a while. Yeah. And then I get those blue crackles. The, oh, you don't like those. Oh, no. Mm-mm. The rat of the bird community. Mm-hmm. I love my cardinal in my backyard. I got I got one that reminds me of someone as yeah. that always it? been said. You know, every time I see that cardinal. Oh, oh that's yeah, sweet. I start talking. Oh, here's the story. I'm going to retweet it. It's Do. time to take down your bird feeders. It really is. Crazy. Yeah. I know. I and mean, it makes sense. Like you said, it's like the buffet on the cruise line. Yeah. I mean, you're. They're spitting, spitting and swapping, and, and they're spreading it around, and you know, okay, that was That's a good. A, that was a really good random. Thank you. PSA as well. Like Thank you. Said you. Oh gosh, Grant gets a woody thinking about the PSAs. Mm-hmm, he do. gets to report. I do. It's I know you bio. do. That could be a PSA. Send me the info. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I know. Okay. Um. And then what else do we know today, honey? I, well, uh, I, Luann, uh, the countess, you know, I went to her Christmas show in December at Mystic, <laughs> oh, and I just thought she was killing it. She gave an interview, and she's really quite shocked. She's not officially been offered a role in the OG spinoff of New York. Okay. And she certainly, she's, she said, I was not expecting that left hook. And she's been let go once before. Yeah, she has. And then she came back as a friend. And then came back as a housewife. So I don't know why they wouldn't have Luann be one of the OGs. I, mean, I don't, and either. Keep, I don't know and either. Keep that horrible Ramona. I mean, the uh, the Countess Luann and the Ultimate Girls Show. I mean, she's just fun. But anyway, she's going back out on, you know, Countess Cabaret. Um, <laughs> is coming to you. It's a new tour it's on the casino circuit. Countess Cabaret, Cabaret. a casino near you. Well, you know, that's the casinos pay well. 100%. Yeah. But I just, it was at the third scene. So anyway, I do not like the idea of uh, my New York OG show. I just don't know why they have to do two shows. It just seems like it's just a way of firing all the First cast, yeah, I think so too. Right, and then and, see if they and can starting make over, two. paying nothing, and see if anything yes, sticks. Exactly. All right, everyone, have a great night. Thanks, Grant. Job done. Off you go.